0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Hello. Welcome. Let's start with prayer. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, like a lot of you, Pastor Matt and I are have our kids schooling from home. And this is wonderful. It's been almost a year now. <laughs> well, we're... Uh, Catching back up, I would say on third grade math, fifth grade science, um, because we don't use it that often. What? Uh, What? Uh, Our kids are watching. I mean, we use it all the time. You know, we divide fractions. You you just need to learn it. It's it's good. Yes, just do it. I because I said so. Just learn it. It's good. Well, this week we had a refresher on energy. So I wanna share what I've learned or relearned with you guys. So especially when it comes to kinetic versus potential energy. So I learned this. Uh, Kinetic energy is the energy a moving object possesses due to its motion. So I brought props. So this ball, see if I could do this and talk at the same time, has kinetic energy. It's it's moving. So the faster it moves, the more kinetic energy it has. Well, on the other hand, potential energy is that energy that is stored up based on the position of an object. So if you hold the ball up here, It has a lot of potential because I can drop it and then it will move into kinetic energy. Okay, so that's our recap of energy for this week. But it made me think, how much energy do I have? How much potential energy do I have that I'm just storing up and not moving into kinetic energy? And then I started thinking a little bit more. What is my potential? What is our potential? Our sermon series that we're going through is called New Ventures. So for the last three weeks, we've been discovering stuff about ourselves, discovering our path, discovering our purpose, and discovering our power. Well, this week is Discover Our Possibilities, Discover Our Potential. So let's start out by looking at what God thinks our potential is. So grab your Bibles. We're going to start in Exodus. So Exodus chapter 19. So if you would turn to that. So before we start, let me give a little recap before we get to this scripture. So the people of God, the Israelites, were enslaved in Egypt. They were crying out to God for freedom. God heard the cries of God's people and sent Moses to go to Pharaoh to say, Let my people go. Finally, after plagues and plagues, Pharaoh finally let the Israelites go. And they are out through the Red Sea, and into the wilderness. And that's where our scripture picks up for today. So from Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp in Raphimdom, they came to the wilderness of Sinai, and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel." God loves God's people, and he describes them as special treasures among all peoples. Now, God says that the people are a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. So that is our possibility. That is our potential as God's people, kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Now, before we dive deep into this meaning, I want to look at another scripture. Um, It seems like the people haven't changed that much, that we have to keep on being reminded who we are and whose we are and what our potential is. So let's take this scripture from um, Exodus and think thousands and thousands of years past, Jesus has come Jesus has died, Jesus has rose again, and the people of God are establishing the Christian church. And so Peter sends a letter to the Christian church to encourage them. So if you would turn to 1 Peter, and we're looking at chapter 2, starting with verse 5. and you are living stones that god is building into his spiritual temple what's more you are his holy priests and then i want to skip ahead to verse 9 but you are not like that you are a chosen people you are royal priests a holy nation God's own possession. You, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Again, God is using this language to describe God's people as holy priests, royal priests. So that's how God is describing us. So, This is great and all, but I don't know about you, but I don't feel like a holy priest. I don't feel like a royal priest. So I don't think I'm alone on this either. So let's go back to the kinetic and potential energy. I think all of us are running around, doing our jobs, doing things, doing life. And there's so much kinetic energy going on. And we tend to look at others that have high accomplishments, high rates of kinetic energy, and they're accomplishing a lot. Maybe you're looking at people that are are running multi million dollar corporations and they drive nice cars, live in big houses. You know, they have great families, they seem to have it all together. Or then I look at those people that are like off the charts doing ministry and like seem like all they do is good, like Mother Teresa. And I look at these people and I think, oh, they have so much kinetic energy. They are amazing. They're doing exactly what God is calling them to do. And then I look at myself. And I don't see that much kinetic energy going on. I think I have a lot of potential, but not that much kinetic. So I think about how am I serving Jesus? And maybe you're thinking the same thing. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a nurse, or I, I'm just a teacher, I, I'm just a mom, I'm just an accountant. I feel like my kinetic energy is is slow or even non-existent compared to everybody else that seems to be passing me by. But these scriptures, God describes God's people as a royal priesthood, a holy nation. These two scriptures, they're just talking about from Exodus 1 Peter. This is the beginning of the Bible and almost the very end of the Bible. So throughout the written word of God, God is defining us as royal priests. So that has to say that this is really important. This is how God sees us. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Let's dive into how god is seeing us so let's first look at the word royal now when i think of royal i think of kingship i think of ruling over a country having authority over a mass of people ruling over them and that's just what it is but that's not how i would define myself I may have authority over my kids, but not over a mass amount of people over a huge country. But in our baptism, when the water is poured over our heads, promises are made. God is doing amazing things through each drop of water. God is claiming us as children of God, forgiving our sins and giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with this baptism, we get the title of children of God. And with that title, children of God, we become heirs of God. That means we are inheritors of this kingdom of God. Now, in our Exodus scripture for today, God said, all of earth belongs to me. That means every city, that means every mountain, every valley, every ocean, every river, every stream belongs to God. And with that, every animal from the creepy crawly snakes to the giant elephants and every human is under God's authority so if we are inheritors of the kingdom of God, we are inheritors of this world. So in this baptism, in our, those waters that claim us as children of God, we are given this authority. We are called royal. God calls us kings. So we are given this divine right to the world. So God is saying, you are important. You are special. You are mine. And all I have is yours. Now, this authority isn't given to us so we can abuse it. True authority, true power is, is to lift up others and glorify God and that's what a true king is and that is how God views us and the thing about king is that they have authority but they don't have the access they have authority but they don't have the access so Let me define that a little bit more. Have you heard about that computer programmer in San Francisco that several years ago he bought a few bitcoins and didn't think much about it? Well, now, after years and years and years and the bitcoin up frenzy, they're now worth $220 million. $220 million. Imagine having the authority over that much money. It's absolutely crazy. Well, this computer programmer forgot his password. So he has authority over all this money, but he doesn't have access to it. He has authority, but no access. The Kings of the Old Testament are the same. They had authority over the people. They made laws. They ruled over them, but they didn't have access like the priests did. So let's look at the job of the priests in the Old Testament. Priests in the Old Testament had important jobs. They were the ones that made sacrifices on behalf of the people. They were the ones that had the most access to God. So let's think about the, the access that they had. So um, in the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant, the house of God. And in the back of the covenant was the Holy of Holies and only the priests. And more specifically, the high priests were the only ones that could go to the Holy of holiest places they were the only ones to have physical access to god so i still felt this authority this access to god growing up i grew up in the catholic church and i would put the priests above all others because i thought they were holier that they had the access to God that I couldn't. Now, I want to be clear that no one in the Catholic Church ever told me this. It's just something that I thought. And maybe it's something that I placed on the priests themselves. It might've had a lot to do with the priest that I had growing up. And I would describe him as, you know that guy in the movies, in the children's movies, that when the kids accidentally played baseball and threw the ball over in their yard, you would like dare each other to go in the yard or um, or just count it as lost, you know, because that man was so grouchy. No one wanted to go there. He was scary. Well, that was my priest growing up. <laughs> so he wasn't mm, that touchy feely huggy type, I would say. Uh, Well, because of that priest, I would put all priests on this pedestal. I thought of them as something special, more special than normal people. Well, this all came out in my call. When God was calling me to professional ministry, I doubted it, because how could I have access to God like the priest did? How could I, a normal person, do something that I thought only special people could do? But that's exactly what God is saying different here. God is saying each Christian is both king and priest royal priests. We all have the authority of a king and access of a priest. We are called as a people of God to live out God's mission to the world. Each and every one of us, each and every one of you are royal priests. And your potential and your call Is to make that kinetic energy happen every day that your movement in life is to glorify God and I think so many of us think we'll leave that ministry to the professionals but God is saying here each and every one of you are royal priests each and every one of you has the authority and the access to glorify God each and every day with everything you do. We all know us, no matter what, if we are teachers or accountants, we are called to bridge the gap between God and others. And we are important and we have gifts to share. God wants us to serve God beyond just the pastors, just the choir directors, just the teachers of Sunday school. Each of you have gifts for ministry. The nurses are called to serve and to heal. The teachers are called for teaching. The parents are ministering through providing for their kids. The business person is called to glorify God through their ethics so I want to leave you with one more scripture this scripture takes place right before Jesus' death he knows what's going to happen he knows he will soon not physically be with his friends any longer so he gathers them all together and says you remember everything that I've done I went out there and taught the people. I healed people. You saw me hold people, and then they were healed. They, you saw a woman grab my clothes and was healed. You saw that I fed millions of hundreds of thousands of people with just some few loaves of bread and a few fish. You saw me raise the dead to life. You saw all those powerful things. But I leave you with this scripture. From John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works. So Christ south. You have seen the works that Jesus has done, and you will do these works that he has done, but you will do even greater ones. So everyone who is listening, everyone who has ears, everyone in this room, I want you to know that you have the potential to do greater works than Jesus, because He is with you, and because you are a royal priest. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond. We ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.